Yeah. Yo, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog um, Welcome to the Wolf for Now This is the Wolf for Now Welcome to the Wolf for Now This is the Wolf for Now With the Wolf for Now, come to town We're doing a podcast for you this is the Wolf and Owl. Hello, the Wolf and Owl. What do you think? Do you reckon you could do that for 45 minutes? Yeah, you want me to? <laughs> if, if, you, if you got me asked. This is the Wolf and Owl. Welcome to the Wolf and Owl. We've come to tell some stories that we're not really sure if it'll work. We have not prepared anything content-wise, but we are just going to chat along, and hopefully you guys will like it. Oh, I didn't really scan. Yeah, that um, last bit. It, it, yeah, you yeah. really petered out. Yeah, it yeah. felt like almost your heart had sort of like slowly drifted away from it. Yeah. Uh, I've got some news for you, Tom. Hit me, baby. On the 2nd of November, the <gasps> Wolf and Owl are going to be doing a live show at Hammersmith's glorious Eventum Apollo. There, that was me doing like a, okay, Tom, a Tom, Tom, confetti Tom, cannon. Tom, Tom, what? Tom, uh, you. Made a shape with your mouth like you can do an explosion. I paused for that explosion, and then you just silently opened your hands. No, what? no, I went like that. Didn't you not hear me? I went. No, go. On. What is that? I That's can't hear anything. Do cannon. it again. Do it again. I, I cannot. I'm not. I'm, I can't hear anything. Do the noise. Can again. you hear me talking now? Yeah. What is that? I can't. I can't hear anything. You can't hear anything. I mean, maybe on the record it will come up with something. Is it like, is it, you know, the little... It's me doing like an explosion No, sound, I can like, see what you're doing, but it's, just, like it's a, a very quiet explosion. Yeah, I didn't want to go too mad because it's just going into people's ears. It's not yeah, going to their noses, mate. Yeah, sure. But silence is... You're going like this. This is what I would do. You hear that? Did you hear that? No. You didn't no, hear, I didn't that. hear that? You didn't hear anything? No. no. You didn't hear that? No. Are you winding me up now? Are you winding me up? No, no. Are you winding me up? You didn't hear any. I anything. swear on my life I didn't hear. So obviously these mics okay, don't pick so up well, that kind of sound. All right. JT, can you add in a couple of explosion sounds? Yeah, JT. Was... Yeah, yeah. Can you just like make it sound really epic, please? <laughs> on the 2nd of November, the Wolf and Owl are going to be doing a live show at Hammersmith's glorious Eventum Apollo. So, uh, the show's on the 2nd of November. Uh, Thursday, the 14th of September, uh, if you sign up to the mailing list before the Thursday, the 14th, you get access to the pre-sale. Uh, and the mailing list is at wolfandalpod.com. The pre-sale starts at 10 a.m. on Thursday, the 14th of September, and general sale is at 10 a.m. Friday, the 15th of September. So, sign up before Thursday. Pre-sale starts at 10 a.m. on that Thursday, and then the general sale 
on the Friday. And then probably the show getting pulled because we haven't promoted it properly on the Saturday, I imagine. It's the biggest show we've done so far, Rom. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. And yeah. Um, in answer to the question, why are you doing it in London again? It's a great question. Uh, we are going to be doing shows elsewhere in the country. So stay tuned. Stay alert. Stay on the edge of your yeah. seats. Um, and that's stay, exciting. That's and very are, exciting. It's very exciting. If you are on the edge of your seat, listener, I'd love you to stay on the edge of, of your. Oh God! If you are on the edge of your seat, listener, I'd love you to stay on the edge of your seat because I, I have got something that I want to talk to you about, Tom. Now, on yeah. the last episode of the Wolf and Owl, uh, you told a delightful story uh, about uh, going to Toby Carver, and in fact, somebody made the comment. Uh, on the when we posted about the uh, about the episode going out, somebody said there seems to be something wrong with my episode. The first twenty five minutes there seems to be an advert for Toby's Carvery, Toby yeah. Carvery. Now yeah. I uh, we talked about Toby Carvery for for a while. You talked about yeah. going to the going to the restaurant, waiting for the the Carvery thing to start. Yeah. And I, I thought I was involved in a real conversation. However. On Saturday night, I then... And I've got some other things I need to say about Saturday night. In fact, let's get this out of the way, the first thing that I want to say about okay. Saturday night. There's another thing I want to say, so please remind me. The first thing I want to say about Saturday night is I lit, the Swan and I came to watch you on Saturday night. Yeah. And I watched a remarkable stand-up show. It was... Thank you, man. I, I, I was so nervous for you, because not because I thought you weren't going to be good, but because obviously watching a mate, it's like watching a kid or something, you know, one of your kids yeah. do, do a performance. At a big venue, and you were unbelievable, man. It was like really Thank good. You, I mean, it was actually sickening how much Lisa loved it. Do you know what I mean? And like, was quoting bits on the way home and shit like that. Uh, so that was annoying. However, we then went to a, a curry afterwards that left. Can I say, by the way, the curry was. Look, I love Gratz. Gratz, Gratz was under a lot of pressure to put that curry house. No, and... we know that Gratz listened to this podcast, so be yeah. careful. I know, look, and Gratz is a superstar, and he was under a lot of pressure. And also, it was a Saturday night. He had to, you know. I personally thought it was okay. It was good. It, it was good. It was in a, sh- it was in a shopping centre. It was in a shopping centre. It was, which was a weird vibe to it. I, 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 I enjoyed well, it. It, I enjoyed had, it gave you the experience of going to eat in a food court. I would say, yeah, which is... yeah, it was a food court vibe to it. Um, yeah, but you, were, I, I mean, I had a bit of a. I had to, I had to bring out the pebble the next day. Well, I would say that the next morning, up until about one in the afternoon, was a write-off for me. That yeah. you know, without getting into too much detail, I think you get what I mean. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a right up. However, that's not what I want to talk about. That's not the reason I brought it up. And in fact, really, I'll be, yeah, I'll be honest with you. For me, I'll, yeah. be, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't want you to bring that up, but you have done. So, um, what I what I want to bring up is the fact that at the meal, you revealed that you are the recipient of a Toby Carvery gold card, right? Yeah. And essentially, what happened was I was manoeuvred into because I don't have a gold card. I don't have a bron- I don't have any card at Toby Carvery, right? Yeah, but right. Let me just say. But what's happened? What's happened is you have. I have, in good faith, thought I was going into pocket. I thought, okay, he's talking about Toby Carvery. Thank God we've got something to talk about here because we're often scratching around, as people people who listen to it regularly will know. So we've got ourselves a Toby Carvery chat here. I innocently enough wanted to big up Toby Carvery because sometimes, you know, a vegan or a vegetarian might not think there's an option. There. I, I went. By the way, it. can I say that it, I thought it was amazing how you spoke? No, no, no. Let, 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 don't talk innocently now because the way you said it on the night was, and I know you're putting some stank on it for the benefit of the chat when we were at the restaurant. 
But the way you said it was, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't bloody believe it. I just thought I'd start a little chat about it. And you start banging on about a vegan vegetarian. I just thought this advert's going better than I thought. So basically what happened was, if you've got this gold card, you've pretended to want to talk about Toby Carfrey. No, actually, no, no. I did want to talk about it. And Jim will testify. All the, the, the story was true. Jim said that he dropped, I went to Toby Carvery. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, you went to Toby Carvery for lunch, but I was under the impression that the reason you went to Toby Carvery for lunch because you genuinely enjoyed Toby Carvery. I, I love Toby really, Carvery. Yeah, sure. But you love it more when it's free. Which no, is, no, no, no. I did pay for that one. Well, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to believe now. Because I did you, pay for that one, I swear. That one. And then I got the gold card. Really? Yeah. Really? So I, I posted about it. Oh, my God. What did you post? I didn't well, I just, missed this post. A picture of the empty plate. Oh my god! Are you happy with yourself? <laughs> I did a picture of the empty plate. Was just like fueling dreams or something like. Thank you, Toby right. Carvery. I mean, I, then... I didn't. I didn't think there's much worse than somebody taking a photo of their meal. But taking a photo of the empty plate after they finished their meal really is fucking snake's belly. To I, yeah. <laughs> I always think having a picture of an empty plate shows the viewer or, of the picture that you've you've eaten it all. Sure. So they go, fucking hell, it must be nice. He's no, I understand, the I understand the symbolism of it. but I had to scrape a couple because I didn't finish all the carrots. So I had to scrape a couple of carrots into my old coffee so, yeah, cup. So, so we now know that this is bullshit as well. <laughs> uh, I'm you're, you're, essentially, you're essentially the George Clooney of Toby Carvery. No, I, I loved it, but I couldn't. I put too many carrots on my plate. That is something I never thought I'd hear you say. <laughs> the, the carrots I found were the, the... They're almost like the sort of like lemmings of... Of a roast dinner. What does that mean? Well, if if you're struggling towards the end and you're like, right, I need to, I've got to finish these potatoes because they're simply delicious. Yeah. Or you know, you're never ever going to leave a Yorkshire pudding standing. No. But carrots can, yeah, carrots can sort of. Uh, they're, yeah. They're, you know, yeah. No, I get that. What, why is that like lemmings? Well, because lemmings just are ineffective, aren't they? They're just you, they what run off mean? cliffs and stuff. Well, lemmings just run off cliffs and stuff. The whole what's point. That of got, yeah, but what's that got to do with leaving carrots on your plate? Well, carrots are, they're easily just forgotten about. They're easily just sort of like left. Yeah, for their to their like, own devices, like lemmings. Yeah, yeah. Because like, if you leave a lemming, what does it do? I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't even. Have think you I've never seen... played lemmings? I've played lemmings, but I don't base my sort of biological understanding of creatures on what I've seen them do in a fucking nineties video game, mate. There were, but no one even know what a lemming was if it wasn't for a computer game. Yeah, and they still don't know what a lemming is because what they're not is little beige creatures with green hair, aren't they? No. Uh, I, I, I just after the after fly maggot gate I thought you'd be wary of stepping into this sort of territory no but I'm not but surely there must have look a little rodent look let me show you that's a lemming hold on I'll put it in front of the camera oh, fuck's sake hold on there yeah alright yeah. well yeah I mean this isn't much like the ones that they I suppose why do they have the green hair I guess because they wanted to make it more interesting for the for the game, and it's, yeah, and also it's sort of like less sort of traumatizing than seeing an actual thing that looks like a real animal falling off a cliff. Yeah, I suppose as well, because they didn't don't they wear little jackets and stuff and like hard hats. Uh, I think you're thinking of the fraggles. <laughs> <laughs> I swear the livings. Actually, you're, you know what? I might yeah, I might get that game and play it. It was one of my favorite games back in the day. Yeah, but what I would do is don't take any of that as sort of like fact, animal wise. <laughs> But I felt bad about Toby Carvery. But you know who loves Toby Carvery? Uh, anyone that gets a gold card? The Swan. Yeah, the Swan does like Toby Carvery. Yeah. When I brought it up, I've never seen her so excited. No, me neither. <laughs> and I've been with her for 15 years. She was so, yeah, it was quite sweet. Yeah, it was very sweet. Uh, 
Yeah, she she so didn't seem we, to be she didn't seem to be as outraged as I was for some reason. Yeah, you you but you had like three bottles of Cobra and you're sort of like gagging for a fight. Um, <laughs> you had a vibe to you. Um, do you know what I've started wearing uh, a new boxer short? Right, I won't say the name of the before brand. Ca- before we ca- you won't Go say on. the name of the brand. No, 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 okay. no. Because so I'm, not that- 100%, I'm not I'm not hundred percent about okay, if I like on. them or not. All right. It's basically got an envelope piece in the box boxer short for your willy. Yeah, I've got I've got those. Yeah, how are you finding them? I love it. Really? Yeah, like a little kind of little separate pouch. Yeah, just for your willy. And it, yeah, yeah, I love it. Do you not I, like I'm it? Not, I'm not sure. I just feel like it's better than having your sort of dick smashed against your body like a burglar with some t- tights on its head. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I yeah, sort yeah. of like the fact that you. I feel like it's more breathable and nice. Yeah, I'm feeling like I'm just not getting into it. It feels like, if I'm honest with you, it feels like sort of like separating sort of a double act. Like putting, well, like the, my, my, my Willie and my balls have always sat side by side, right? They've right. always been a pair. Is it side by side? Well, no, <laughs> no, the Willie's obviously, yo. Does, does your dick and balls look like the side of Peppa Pig's head? <laughs> No, my penis is at the front, right? Very right, much okay. leading the line. Okay, right? I can't believe it. Okay, okay. And then my balls are behind. But they've always just been together. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I felt... And I, I don't know how comfortable they're I not, felt. I mean, they're it. not that far away. You're acting like the, the penis gets stored around the back or something. I mean, it's, it's still... <laughs> but it's also, still very much in the same position that it normally is, right? It's easy in the morning when you first do it, right? And then yeah. every time we go for it to the toilet, you've then got to you know, put it back in this, this little holster thing. It's quite a strange feeling, isn't it? I'm, I'm beginning to, uh, I'm starting to stop believing that we're talking about the same thing here. It doesn't require a separate movement for me. You just pull the box shorts on and your penis slots in. I'm not having to insert it into into the pouch. Maybe I've got a cheaper version. You must have. I mean, what, what do you have to do? Like unzip a little separate hatch or something? No, you don't unzip. Fucking hell, a zip would be nice. No, you, you have to sort of manoeuvre it a little bit to get it in there. Right. And it feels a bit like a wonder bra for a penis. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of yeah. Do you, know, do you notice? Is your bulge noticeably bigger then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. I wear like a sort of yeah, like a yeah. that's a positive thing, isn't it? Well, it isn't. It isn't because I know the truth. Yeah. So you know, you feel like it's. I'm, I'm a bit of a sort of I don't know, sort of like a bawdy villain from a sort of cruddy film. Mm. I don't know what that even means. No. I feel a bit hungover today, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we're both, listen, full disclosure, listeners, we're both uh, coming off a League of Their Own record. Um, I had a harrowing uh, experience last night when I got home. What so, did you stay for a drink afterwards? I stayed for, yeah, I had a couple of beers with uh, with the, some of the team. Okay. I, I was shocked because was, literally was no one else there at the end. Like well, Jamie was there, and everyone else had just slipped away into the night. No, I had to go because um, I don't know why I had to go, but anyway, I had to go. So, um, uh, so I got in, I, I got got home. As I pulled up at my house, my phone died. Right, which is not the end of the world. That happens a lot. Yeah. When I got to the door, I realised I didn't have my key, and now my phone was dead. Right. So I sort of didn't know what to do. Have you got quite a loud doorbell, like quite a sort of showy doorbell? We don't have a doorbell. No, the doorbell's on the... the door. There is a doorbell, but the doorbell's really loud. So, like, yeah, I, so I mean, like quite a yeah. sort of like... So yeah. I don't... I don't want, so showy no, sort I, of I like... Know, I've gone around so when the postman rings or the Amazon guy gets there, he's like, oh, fucking hell, this, 
house is as grand as its doorbell. The doorbell is grand as the house. Like sort of, you know, like Wayne Manor kind of doorbell. Yeah, it takes a bit of strength because it's like a, it's basically like a little bell hanging out of a lion's mouth. So you have to really give it a bit of a whack. Um, but anyway, so I, I didn't want to do. I don't want to. You've yeah. just got a big gong out the yeah. front. I, I didn't want to. Do, I didn't want to do the doorbell because obviously I didn't want to wake up the children. So I was trying to think about what to do, and I went round the back of the house and I was like, I was trying back like the back door or whatever, but that was locked. Thank God. I mean, it, that that would have been it set off another spiral that our house is not secure. Yeah. So that's all fine. And then I thought, what do I do? How do I wake up Lisa? without waking up the children that was a dilemma i found myself with i uh, for about five minutes i contemplated just sleeping outside because it was actually quite warm last night yeah it's nice so i thought i'm just going to find a little bit to nestle up against the house one of the outbuildings outbuildings i was just going to like there's like basically (laughs) there's a little sort of between the garage and the and the house there's like a little kind of corridor bit that's sheltered Yeah, yeah So I was thinking, I'm just going to sleep there. And then I'll, I'll, you know, hopefully I'll wake up as Lisa's doing a school drop-off or whatever, and then run out and go, I know you're worried about me. I know, that's genuine. Mate, I mean, this is, what, this, this is where the desperation took me. I was like, still that's something, I don't know what else to do here. And then I was thinking, Lisa's going to wake up in the middle of the night. She's going to wonder where I am. She's going to call me. My phone will be dead. Oh, uh, fucking, that'd be terrifying for Lisa. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's one of the last warriors as well. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, I, I think if somebody wakes up at 3am and her husband unannounced is not home, <laughs> she phones their phone and then it's dead. I think it's fair to worry, isn't it? I, I yeah, can't yeah, imagine yeah, anyone yeah. going, you've overreacted a bit there. Do you know what I mean? That feels like a legitimate Did you response. not think about, like, going old school and, like, just getting sort of, like, some small little pebbles and throwing them at her window? Well, that's very close to what I did, actually. but Because... So then I started thinking, I'm just going to go walk to a hotel. There's a hotel like two minutes walk from our house. But I'm just going to walk in there and go, can I have a room for the night? And have you got a charger? And then I thought, that's a bit weird. Oh, you know what I'd have done if I was you? Is actually what? just ask for the charger instead of the room. Charge my phone for a bit. Yeah, Because I reckon they'd have given you a charger because you're, you're a nice guy. And you could have sort of had a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I, I sort of feel, I feel a bit awkward about stuff like that. In the situation you're in, I, I, you're I, like, I yeah, but you've got to think. I know, I know, but I also, you know, I even feel, I feel awkward about using the pub toilet if I'm not having a drink. You know, when you're desperate, I, I always pretend I'm on the phone. Yeah, you know what you should do is buy a lime and soda because pubs That's are on their ass at the moment. That's a great. So you show. go in, you have a lime and soda, you down it. No, yeah. there's never a situation like when you and the margins on lime. Is, I mean, that'll probably that probably makes it worth opening for the day, doesn't it? You well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get that or, or some scampi fries, or you kind of. I imagine fries, actually, you know? having said that, I was being a bit facetious there, but the markup on the site so- on the soda out the little gun, yeah, the markup on that's probably huge, right? Well, yeah. I think I think from- that that might be. I'd love to know from. I mean, I used to be a publican, so I don't know why I don't know this, but I'd love to know if the that's the most profitable thing because, like restaurants, they make most of their money on drinks, right? Yeah, I think it's like two pounds now, isn't it, for a lime soda pint? Isn't like you know, Mister Whippy, the ice cream bands or whatever. Yeah. Isn't the ratio of ingredients cost to how much you charge for the ice cream like one to ninety nine or something? I'm, I'm You're 99. joking. I think it's something like that. It's like for every penny of ingredients, it's a quid's worth of sales. I think. Fucking. I'm, I'm, I, I, it sounds like I'm doing down ice cream. But I think ice cream. I, I think ice cream bands are one of the great things about this country. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know they exist in other countries, but I do think. Did I do the vegan, Mister Whippy? No, I've I've never come across a vegan, Mister Whippy. That's a shame. I normally go for one of those Magnums. They normally have a vegan Magnum. They're nice, a vegan Magnum. They are nice, yeah. 
Anyway, well, uh, we've digressed. Yeah, yeah. We've digressed away from this. Yeah, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. How you got into your house? So you you think so, about oh, yeah. going to the hotel? So I'm thinking about going to the hotel. You rule that out. I think I just my concern is Lisa waking up and wondering what the hell's going on, right? Yeah. Um. So I go round to the back of the house. It takes me longer than I'd like to admit to figure out which window is our window, right? Because right. Sort of. I'm sort of thinking like what I don't want to be is shouting or throwing stones at one of the kids' windows, right? So I, I walk, I basically walked around to the front of the house and then around to the back of the house. I'd say four to five times to double, make hundred percent, make sure that I was at the right room. Right. Well, that's, you know what? That's conscientious, and I, I think that's a very sweet side of you. Well, I just think the kids actually fucking terrified, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, they would definitely go and run and wake up Lisa. Yeah, they would. Do. I mean, it would solve the problem, but in a way that. But also, it's like a two for one thing because Lisa's going to wake up and go, "Oh fuck, where's Ramesh?" Because there's some pervert outside throwing stones at the windows. Mm. Yeah. So then, well, I decided against throwing stones at the windows um, right. because, well, I just had this vision of smashing the window. Right. So. Yeah, but if you get, have you got? Have you not? I thought you had a little um sort of like gravel. Yeah, we, we driveway. Do. We do. So those little stones. That's why those stones are. On people's driveways. Those for, to throw at windows? Yeah, if you yeah. get locked out. Yeah. Well, they literally are the perfect stone. If I've thrown them at windows many a times. Yeah. Okay. And they'll never break a window. That is, you have my guarantee on that. That's pretty much why they're there. Okay. Now, well, that's good to, to know. Intruders. That's good to know. But I've got to be honest with you, my ass completely went. You, you know, I was, I was like, I didn't know what I was. I, I was like, I, I basically accepted that I might be staying outside the night. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's a... Anyway, I stood outside the window. Luckily, Lisa had the windows open because it was hot last night. And I had to both alert her attention, but also not wake up the children. So I made the decision to whisper loudly. Now, this poor woman is just lying in bed. And here's what I guess she must have assumed in sort of a half-awake state, that it was the ghost of her husband come to visit. I just sort of started going, Lisa! Lisa! It does sound like some creepy, weird bloke from sort of that she's, you know, who's chased her down. Anyway, she she comes to the window looking utterly perplexed. Um, the the joy I felt at seeing Lisa's face at the window, like like my own Juliet. Yeah. And I said to her, "Can you come downstairs?" I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I said I've not got the key, her sort of confusion quickly switched to anger. Obviously, oh, wow. com- yeah. well, completely understandable to be honest with you. I mean. Had you left the key at work or had you left it at home? No, what I'd done was, which is what I frequently do, is wear a pair of jeans, put the keys in there, I come in, I throw the jeans somewhere, and then the next day I forget to check that I've got the keys yeah. in my pocket and then head out. So that's yeah. what happened. Uh, so anyway, that's, that story needed a better ending, arguably. But that is... Well, no, it's a, it's a nice ending. She, did she give you a big cuddle and she was like, I'm so do you worried know what? about you. Do you know what? She, she wasn't worried about me at all because... Or after league records, it's very unpredictable, and I'm going to get in anyway. Yeah. What I would say is, we did have a lovely. It was really nice. We had a lovely. It was actually nice to, because some a lot of the time she's asleep when I get in, yeah. and then she sort of she, she'll sort of look across at me, be satisfied that I'm there, and then just turn around and go back to sleep. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. because I'd been inconsiderate enough to wake her up, we actually had a nice little kind of post match chat. Oh, and nice. I, I'm going to say, I mean, I enjoyed it so much. I'm contemplating waking up after every record. <laughs> I, I 
I got home, I'd had a few beers. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I didn't forget my keys. So Catherine very much did the sort of Lisa move of just making sure I'm there and then turning around. Um, I can't sleep now if I've had like three beers. Yeah. I'm done. And yeah. I, 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 how many times are you waking up for the toilet? I'm waking up for the toilet. If I have like a few beers, I'm waking I'm, I'm up at least three or four times. Mm. It's like literally like. I, I know this is a bit of a cliche thing to talk about, but the desire, if my brain during that night piss, which is, I, I wouldn't describe it as frequent, but I'd say like most nights I'm up once, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, every night I'm up once. Yeah. It, Usually if, about 3.30. Yeah. If I go through the night without needing to piss, I see that as a, I'll have a special breakfast, you know, because I'm proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So most nights I'm. Going, if you have a dry night, that's what it's known as. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes you know, a couple of issues. One is I start thinking about what I've got to do that day. I need to stop my brain. I need to get to the toilet, have a piss, get back to bed without my brain clicking onto any of those things. Because if it yeah. does, that's me done. Whatever time it is, I'm not going back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. The other thing is, is sometimes I'm in bed. And I'm woken up by the need to take a piss. And for some reason, and I've never won this battle, but I still have this thing where I try and convince myself I can I can go back to sleep without going for it. I just sort of think to myself, if you if you focus, this feeling will go away and you go back to sleep. And I have a, an internal debate, which takes about, I would say, rough estimate 20 minutes and then, before I eventually relent and go for a piss. And I think I don't know why I've never won that battle. I don't know why I keep going to. You know what it is, bro. With the need to take a piss, you can't fight a battle against your body in any way. Your body is stronger than your mind. Mm. Although that, yeah, in an arm wrestle of, yeah, you'll never win. And your bladder is probably the strongest organ in your body. I mean, it's very difficult to 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 quantify that. Uh, Right. I I've I I can't think of anything like else in my body where I go like if my if my hand twitches, I can stop it twitching. Yeah, I would say your hand's not an organ. (laughs) <laughs> but go on carry on dr tom like, but if if my bladder is full and yeah. i need to wait there's no i've tried like you i've tried yeah. so many times now i've just made my peace with it yeah even if you know the worst ones right if you go through if you go through a wait and then you get back into bed you start drifting back off and then you need a literally five minutes later another way you go back and it's like the tiniest little dribble mm. but you know that that little dribble would turn into a flood yeah. If you didn't like let it out. So have you ever um this is quite grim what I'm about to say. Have you ever had sex very close to after having a wee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it does something to your valve. Like like what I found is if you go for a wee and then you have sex very soon afterwards, you then feel like you need to have a wee for quite a long time after you have sex. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I have had that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something like I think yeah, it, I think in that situation your penis is like oh my god what is going on here yeah it's all it's all go today yeah I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just going to stay open so anyway through this I keep getting I keep getting asked to every time I try and have a rest <laughs> something else is going on it's like a busy day on the <laughs> bloody hell bloody hell it's busy day a, on the deli counter it's not erections <laughs> it's weird honestly I don't know if I'm coming or going. Uh, looking at the other body, just going, how can I have had to put a shift in tonight? Yeah, I would say that the heart is probably the strongest organ. I, I don't, I don't. Um, I think I, yeah, look, the heart doesn't get enough credit for what it does. I think it does, mate. I mean, it's talked about excessively, and it's like, I mean, it pre- people focus on the heart. 
And people yeah, can... but you, it's mate, it, the heart, like the, the heart's working all the time for you. Yeah, never yes, has a second off. Yeah, that's it doesn't, on, mate. and then you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, but the heart, I'm never going to fight against. No, well, let's see. I mean, if, <laughs> let's see how many tables you put away. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's an argument that your lifestyle has been a 44-year-old fight with your heart. <laughs> my, my, dad, to... my, dad, my dad died of a heart attack, right? Yeah. And, like, it, it, was, it, was, it was a surprise. Like, you know, he, he, he died suddenly. But when you look at the way that guy lived his life, I mean, I, I've talk, I think I've talked about his sport. The guy used to deep-fry boiled eggs. What? Yeah. I mean, he did... <laughs> What, with batter on? No, he would like, he, he, he like, he would, he'd come home from the pub. Like, bear in mind, my dad worked at, like, he ran a pub. For the yeah. last few years of his life, he ran a pub, right? And, and the truth is, he probably shouldn't have been running a pub. Based on yeah. how much he loved his booze, right? It was, uh, it was always a, a dangerous thing for him to be doing. And I remember when he first took over the pub, I said to him, like, Dad, do you like a drink? And what are you going to do? Like, people often, and my dad was a massive personality, right? Like, huge. Yeah. It's very much a personality driven pub. I would say my dad's pub was one of those pubs where part of the reason you go is to have a chat with him. Do you know what I mean? Like he was yeah, like, yeah. That's my favourite sort of pub. Yeah. So, but the thing was, is that people, I said to him, people are going to ask you if you want a drink, right? What are you going to do? Because you can't accept that offer every time. And they go, oh, I'm going to have a bottle of vodka there, but it's filled with water, right? And so every time somebody offers me a drink, I say, thank you very much. And I'll pour some water into the thing. But first of all, completely illegal. Uh, yeah. to accept, uh, you just take it as a tip. Do you know? What I mean, don't don't pretend yeah. you're selling a vodka when you're selling a water. Uh, but the other thing, but the, but he didn't do that. He pour himself a pint every time. Every time I saw him, I never forget one of the one of the days walking into the pub just after he'd taken over. They had karaoke on at the pub. I saw my dad singing Bob Marley's jamming and not being able to remember any of the words, despite the fact they're appearing on a screen in front of him. Wow. But but anyway, he just said jamming thirty seven times. But anyway, the, the he used to come home and make himself mad snacks. And he, one of the things he used to do is regularly deep fried boiled eggs. So he'd just yeah, take, he'd boil two eggs. Yeah. He'd put some chili powder on them and then he'd like stick them in some oil. Wow. Yeah, I know. Well, like cut them up or just have them fall like that. That's, I mean, to be fair I, to I, your dad, that yeah. is, that's probably the most complex drunken snack I've ever heard of in my life. Well, I, first of all, I'd say it's dangerous. To be yeah, massively around. dangerous. Yeah. Second like, of but, all, I don't yeah, know what like, deep frying a boiled egg adds to it. I think just have the if you have yourself a couple of boiled eggs, you get yourself a gym snack there. The decision yeah, yeah, to sort of chili powder and then deep fry them seems crazy to me. But yeah, yeah like what is that? I mean, because surely just the egg white just gets crisp because you haven't got the bat around it to protect it. No, I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what it, I never tried it, but that is what he did. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, to give to give you an idea of what my dad was like. When you like, because my parents are like originally Hindu, and when you when after a few days after they pass away, you do a ceremony, and you to like to say your proper final goodbye to them, and you you have the the best things they liked in life, sort of around pictures of them, and you sort of do like a little moment of reflection. Uh, my dad, for my dad's favorite things, right, uh, was a, a massive bowl of lamb curry. Yeah, uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels and twenty Bensons. <laughs> that is what we presented our dad with for you his know journey. What, like, 
journey to the afterlife. A man like life. your dad is like a... It, like, I used to adore going in a pub and you'd have a character like running the place and buying him a drink and having a chat with him and finding out about him. I think yeah. it's such a... It's, it's like lost... It's a lost art, that now. Yeah. I don't yeah. think landlords and landladies are sort of the same as that. I, I think if you go to small village pubs, like when, when I'm on the tour and might pop in for some food and, and you know have a chat, you feel like so many of them are just sort of run by people who don't even care about the local area or don't have any stories. So, mm. yeah, it sort of makes me sort of sad to think of sort of that, that as being a, a lost trade. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, that, that pub was, it was a, it was a really, it was a nice pub. Like, what, look, it was one of those proper old school pubs. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, some, yeah. some regulars and stuff. And like, actually a lot of scaffolders used to go in and drink there. It's, yeah. it's, it's flats now. But then when my dad, it was a proper personage. But the, the funny thing is about those regulars, my dad was trying to make the pub better, but the regulars are all so funny. Like, they don't want any change to the pub at all. Like, I started, I started putting on a comedy night there. They were fucking furious. I remember, like, putting up the posters for it around the pub. Like, I did it, like, once a month. And it was like, like, my dad said to me, you want some stage time? Have some stage time here. Put on a gig. It'll be good for the pub. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I started doing. I started hosting this gig. And, like... It was so funny. I put the posters up and the regulars would be heckling me as I was putting up the posters. Wow. So, look, look, I'll tell you what, Ramesh, if they're shit, I'll tell them. I'll tell them on the night. I'll tell them to their face if they're shit. And so like the first night, I was just like, I remember just thinking, oh God, this is going to be... A... I remember one night, right, we, we used to like book a, a paid opener, a paid closer. I'd host it and we'd have two open spots in the middle, right? And like because it wasn't it wasn't near a train station, we used to have to go and pick up the headliner from the train station. Yeah. Right? So we used to say to him, like, turn up, let us know when you're at the train station, we'll come and get you. Once, I'm not gonna name the open spots, but once we had a couple of uh, you know, weaker open spots. Gig opened, open spots come on, we go to pick up the headliner, come back, the pub is emptied. Wow. So we got to pick up the headliner, we're telling them it's like, oh yeah, it's a pretty decent crowd tonight. By the time we got back to the pub. There'd been a mass walkout. There was like three people left for the headliner to play to. Do you it? remember when you started out, like those, having to go to a weird sort of old place just outside London? And I mean, I lived in London at the time. And, and then like, mm. the, the worry number one, because you're never getting paid, right? So yeah. of like having to get a train outside London and then hoping that you could get on the train back that people didn't run over. Like if you were, say, the second open spot, and you were in a place that sort of you had to make your connection train. Oh, that, right. I, that was like the the fear yeah. of like you know, you believe the name JT, but if like someone like was like hosting or he was on first, do you know what yeah. I mean? And he would overrun massively. He was famous for it. Mm. And then you just almost be like, oh man, this is just going to be like I'm not going to make my. I protect. I I probably three or four times had to stay at different people's houses, like like audience members. What? Which, did you never do that? Say that again. What did you do? Stay at all. Like, I, I, if I missed my train, I'd end up just having drinks in the bar and then see if I could stay at someone's house. Oh, my God. Are you joking? What? No. So did you actually do that? Yeah, I did like four or five times, yeah. You stayed in a stranger's house? Yeah, like I'd have beers with them. They weren't really a stranger by the time I went back there. Oh, God. What? Did you never do that? Never. I, 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 honestly, man, I, I, like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with. I mean, it's look. First of all, I'd say it's very nice of those people to, yeah, yeah, to really let you stay there. I couldn't do it. I could not do that. I, 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 would, I would actually, awkward. I would actually sleep outside as a preference. I'd find a bus stop or something. What I found really awkward is 
like you get back there and quite often they want to cap even if you're really tired because i'd at this point in my life i would have been working on a building site mm. so i'd have done a whole day working laboring then i'd have had the nervous energy of going to do the gig yeah. then like knowing that i've missed my train can't afford a taxi like you know 60 70 quid in a taxi so i was like right well i'm stuck here mm. so i'd often just have a bit of a laugh with people and then you get back to the house and they usually want to sort of carry on the drinking yeah. then i'd know that i had to get up at like 5 a.m to get a train back into london to go back and work on the, like meet meet the boys and go back on the site so the the feeling of like but then I, i'm also a people pleaser so i'd often quite a lot of the time sort of stay up till like three in the morning and then sort of have like a couple of hours of sleep on a sort of sofa somewhere I had some mad situations like that. I, I, I thought you'd have done that. No, never done that. Is that not a done thing within the comedy world? Mm, it might be, but I, like, I'm not. I'm not putting myself forward as a normal person. I mean, I've got issues. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I find that sort of thing. Not. I've got. Look. Whenever I say about things like this, I feel like people think I don't like people. I love people. I know you know that. I think. I think. I think people are brilliant. It's just. I feel very, very. I would just feel so awkward and weird about doing something like that. I don't know why. I just would. I I, I, I didn't just like, I, I, I'd sort of like, I would have been prepared if I'd have had to, to sort of sleep in a station or something. Mm. But what I think it's, but it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because no one ever sees that side. But then did you used to drive to a lot of gigs? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't drive. And I think yeah. like, when you're an open spot, like I, I could tell you, I won't say names, probably at least three or four times where you're like, the headliner lives within five miles of you and could just go, oh, I'll drop you back and they're driving and you've done a gig with them, but then don't offer. So then you're sort of like having to get like three buses back mm. home. Like I, I always found that a hard thing. I always felt like, like, like a weird sort of. Oh mate, I did, I did those like cheap coaches. Yeah, I did them. All, all yeah. the time. And it was like, I remember like doing, a, I did a gig in like, I can't remember exactly what it was, somewhere in Wales, maybe Cardiff. I don't think it was Cardiff. And then I, I basically, there wasn't accommodation. I couldn't afford to stay. So I ended up getting like a coach back for like 18 quid or something like that. And the coach left at four in the morning. So I had to like knock about till four in the morning and then get on this coach. And then as the coach was about to leave, the smelliest human being in the world came and sat down next to me. I was sat in a tour feeling very comfortable, weren't that many people on there. And then it started to fill up and I thought, I'm still all right, I'm still all right, I'm still all right. And literally, just as the door shut, so they ran on and then for the entire journey, I was sat next to the, the smelliest human being ever. And they were like one of those, it wasn't even I got used to, it was like a Glade plug-in. It's like they sort of, it kept refreshing. It's disgusting. Yeah, the smell of this, yeah, 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 it kept intensifying. Those coaches were bleak. Well, you just have to, yeah, you just had to pray beyond prayer that you didn't need a shit or that you didn't, do you know what I mean? I mean, like, or, or a piss, actually. You just yeah. don't want to go to the toilet on a coach like that. Like, did you ever do the ones where you had to have the little stop? I remember doing, I think it was Newcastle, and they have to stop. And then you're petrified that they're going to go without you and you're going to be left on this fucking oh, service somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I used to think, did you ever think, like, when you were doing those, like, what am I doing here? I've worked all day long. Doing like a job. I mean, luckily, I was lucky enough to not hate my job. But that thing of like, I think the worst possible days I had were doing a day's teaching. You then travel to a gig, you die on your ass, 
you, you're coming back home at like two, three o'clock in the morning and you think to yourself, what, what, what am I doing? And at that point, any evidence that you might get anywhere with this feels so far away. Do you know what I mean? Like you just sort of think this is never going to be a winning streak. I, I don't understand why I'm doing this. And I like come yeah. in, you'd be fucked the next day. It's so it is. Like, I remember like when you think back on it now, you think, how did I do? I mean, it's, listen, we're not unique in this. So many people, this is what they do. Yeah. do you know what I mean, like, like, you know, commit. I mean, I think we're describing the story of most comedians probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like, I remember just like go. You you'd really have a horrible moment of reflection. I say moment of reflection. The entire journey would be reflection. Yeah, home, yeah. Do you know what I mean, like I, I remember like once driving home from. I remember like the the agents I'm with now off the curb. They were like, well, you know, if you're with them, so I don't talk to you like that. But like, so I remember like they put me in for a gig, like early doors, and they said we've got you got you this half an hour gig, and I don't feel I didn't feel like I was ready to do half an hour yet, and they said to me, Rom, just you know, go for it. Let's um let's see how it goes. And I went and I just basically died. Like I had a real tough gig, right? Like this is how hard I died. They barely applauded me when I said I've been Romish Rang and I said thank you. I mean, it was like like proper stink out of the room. The other acts, I won't name them, but they took deep joy in how badly I'd done. And um, so that sent me in a sort of a shame spiral. I got in the car and I just, it was the lowest I've felt it, like it, I'd felt for a long time. Because I just sort of like, I felt like you, you catastrophize, don't you? I thought to myself, I oh, fuck this. Like off the curb, yeah. they're never going to book me for anything again. This is done. They're going to get the gig report back. They're going to go, I don't know why the hell you sent us this first guy. Do you know what I mean? It was like, it was horrific, man. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I had thankfully, so many of those. Thankfully, so many. Off, the, off the curb, like, were, were like decent about it. And they were like, you know, it happens. It's like, you know, whatever. How did you used to find like the next day at work? Oh, it's grim. It's grim. Well, I, I had a newfound appreciation for teaching because I thought this might be the thing that I'm doing forever now, based on how last night went. <laughs> but it was that. It's hard, man. It's I just hard, find like, it so bleak. There was, there was like... a long, there was a long period which I felt like I was both being a shit teacher and a shit comedian. Do you know what I mean? Because like I didn't have enough time to prep my lessons and everything because I was like gigging till whatever time at night. And then when I was teaching, I was knackered. Do you know what I mean? And then. I hadn't I had enough time to think about the gig. So then you go rock up and go, here we go. Well, you died on your ass last night. You've done absolutely nothing about it since last night's gig. And you're going to go run out the same shit again like, for a different result. Um, uh, it was so, I mean, the thing is, even as I'm saying this, I'm talking about it quite romantically because I actually, I actually think those times are cool, man. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I think they sort of fuel you with a proper appreciation for what's going on now do you know I mean i feel like i, oh, I yeah. feel like mate I feel like, like, the days where i used to go back and like die on your ass and like do you remember mirth control gigs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like you do one of them and then like you you travel back fucking training whatever and then the next morning you'd be up at like fucking 5 a.m mm. to go meet like get on the wagon to go to the site and then you'd have some bloke go how was a gig last night you did a gig last night oh i didn't do very well actually and then it would just open you up to a roasting for the rest of the day. That everything you did. Oh, cool. If that, oh, I'll tell you what, mate. If you want to make people laugh, let them see you trying to catch, struggle up with a fucking hod of bricks. Or let them do this. That, yeah, it, that was like you'd get rinsed. Mm. And if you had a good gig, they would ask you to do some of your material. And because you felt a bit fueled by the fact that you, you thought you had a good bit. You try and do some stand up in front of the group. Yeah, I, I never, I never felt, I, I, I never made that. I, I would never demonstrate stand up to. No, 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 no. I tried not to, but 
it's very hard when you're with the same two or three people for the whole day and then they'll lull you into a situation where you yeah. actually sort of like or your ego gets the better of you and you just sort of like subliminally try to sort of like force it into a conversation well the, the other thing that I, I, I that, that I found funny was that nobody ever thought you were going to make it as a comedian like none of oh, none no. of the people you work no. with thought you were going to make it as a comedian and I understand why I, I'm not bitter about that because it's so unlikely you are going to make it as a comic and I remember like when I was teaching I did the BBC New Comedy Award and I did the first heat and I didn't make it through Pat Cahill made it through as like the winner of the of the heat and then the, the other people they made they they put a clip online and then whoever got the most votes progressed to the next to the next round. Yeah. And um, so my clip went online. And so I remember like showing it to a couple of my colleagues. <laughs> the, the, the complete underwhelming reaction yeah. by, by my colleagues to my stand up set. <laughs> it was so funny. It's like, so it was almost like, so this is what you're this is what you're planning on leaving teaching to do, is it? This is this, is it this sort of stuff that you're normally doing? Mate, All format. Is, yeah, it's the hardest one. Right, should we do a couple of letters? Let's do it. Mate. Let- letters. letters. Oh jeez. Oh, we got a time machine back to nineteen fifty two. Gosh. Um Okay, uh, this is from. Well, they've not made themselves anonymous, and I don't think they. I don't think we need to. So it's John K. Okay, so wow. uh, this email says it's the first non non anonymous one we've had in a while, isn't it? Um, yeah, John K. It's nice, really, because you can sort of start imagining John. Yeah, well, that's what his name is. So yeah, it makes no, sense. no, no. But imagining sort of what what he looks like and how he moves and yeah, how do you think? What do you think he looks like? Uh, I think he's probably got like sort of shoulder length hair. Sort of quite rosy cheeks, uh, an ample nose, uh, quite sort of like a nice sort of cheeky smile. Uh, his eyebrows aren't too sort of like too dark, but they're sort mm-hmm. of like enough that you notice that they're there. Yeah, uh, blue eyes, mm-hmm. uh, quite a, quite a svelte fellow, I think. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I just imagine me sort of wearing like quite a pale blue shirt and a pair of jeans. Well, what I can tell you, Tom, is that you've <laughs> you've seen John K. Okay. What? Yeah, yes, you're about to find out, but um, oh, wow. we'll okay. see if you remember. Um, so, hi, Wolf and Al. This has been on my mind for a couple of months now, but hearing Tom mention the warm-up shows where a close but perhaps unthinking friend was sitting in the front row putting him off has finally compelled me to write. I believe I may have been at that show. I think it was a stand in Newcastle in June where there was a gentleman in the front row who seemed desperate to let everyone know that he was friends with Tom. Is this the show? Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah, I, know the, I, know, I know exactly the situation. Though. Yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Anyway, I digress. Well, he really has picked up some stuff from watching it. My, my main concern in writing is to apologise to Tom for my thoughtless and cowardly act at the end of the show. I was sat at the end of a row to the right of the stage from the audience's perspective. From this position, I was immediately next to the narrow aisle via which all acts at the stand make their way to and from the stage. Having thoroughly enjoyed Tom's performance, I wanted to let him know that he totally fucking smashed it. Do you know, you're starting to laugh now, like you know what this is going to no, be No, I know who he is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having thoroughly enjoyed Tom's performance, I wanted to let him know that he totally fucking smashed it and so offered my hand to him as he passed by on his way off stage. However, (laughs) 
I'm ashamed that for some inexplicable reason, I began to question myself. Why would he want to high-five me, a complete stranger? Why would he need me to tell him how good he was? Of course, he doesn't need adulation for his fans of validation. Well, what I would say is you've got Tom very much wrong there. Uh, and so in an attempt to... <laughs> and so... <laughs> and so in an attempt to safeguard Tom from being compelled to interact, I dropped my hand. Unfortunately... <laughs> I did so at the exact point that Tom's sweet, sweet soul that he is went in for the high five. This, of course, left him sweeping his massive hand through the air, making me look like I'd done it deliberately. And I shudder to imagine, left him thinking he'd been mugged off. Tom, you smashed it. I'm coming to see it at the time theatre of September, but I'm sure you'll smash it there too. Sorry for any confusion I caused. Regretfully, John Kay. Does it? Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and do you, yeah. Do you, did, well, how did you feel when this happened? Well, if I'm going to be honest with you, I did think he was fucking with me. It was like Newcastle's genuinely one of the best places to gig mm. in the country, I'd say, mm-hmm. right? It's mm. one of the best crowds that you get. And it, like, but it's been, there was one guy in the front row who had a gilet on, and I sort of knew him. For, like, he talked to me before the show. I didn't know him. He wasn't a friend. He, he's not the gig I'm talking about that okay. I was talking the other week. But I know exactly who he meant. There was a guy, and he had a gilet on, and it was a really, really hot day. And he was just so like he shat, he constantly was talking through the like not heckling just constantly mm. like he wanted a conversation when I was on stage he wanted right. a chat yeah. it's just sort of like off putting mm. uh, as a, as an act but yeah he wasn't aggressive it. but I do yeah I remember coming off and thinking oh that's, that's gone well uh, sort of quite happy with that and then that seeing a hand up and thinking oh my god like a high five at the end felt and then just as I went to high five. The said person, his hand dropped. I can't remember. I think he's got blonde hair. From what I remember. Well, look, John, um, do you want to say anything to John Kay? Off the no, just thank head? you for your kind words. And mm. it would be lovely at the time theatres to share high five of you. While we're talking about this, it's just reminded me of the other thing I want to say about your gig on Saturday night, right? So I had obviously told you on the podcast that I was coming to the gig, right? Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I didn't want to be a distraction, right? Yeah. No, I'm not saying that I'm distracting from you. It's your show, but whatever. But I don't yeah. want to be. I didn't want to. I didn't want any attention. Is what I'm getting. Yeah. At, right? yeah. So, we. I turned up and I sat down right before you. I mean, obviously I came and saw you backstage, but then we walked in and sat down as late as possible before yeah. both sections of the show, right? And then we were going to go. For, we were going for a curry afterwards, which we've talked about. But then I wanted to get there as quickly as possible, get the table. Do you know what I mean? Get sorted out. Yeah. And I and I, and I, I knew that there'd be people waiting for you after the show. So the car was right by the gig, by the yeah. stage door. I walked out, and basically my hope was to make it to the car. Not in a bad way, not that I don't like people, but I just wanted to get out yeah, quickly. Yeah, it's worth saying, you were, you were with the Swan as well. So it's, yeah, it's a and, and, vibe, and, right? I, and I just wanted you to, I, it's your night, it's not my night. Do you know what I mean, I don't like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy. So I was walking to the car, and as I walked to the car, a very nice lady said saw me and said hey Ramesh can I get a photo so I stopped for the photo and as I stopped for the photo I saw ahead a few people notice and like I I basically panicked right because I thought this is going to turn into like not that I'm going to get mobbed I'm not Harry Styles but I just thought this is going to be I don't want when you come out of the show me to be there taking I just didn't want that do you know what I mean so I took the photo and then somebody else, a very nice bloke, asked me to sign the T-shirt, sign his T-shirt. He had a Wolf and Owl T-shirt on, which I did. And then I sort of ducked out and went to the car. 
And I got into the car and immediately was on set with paranoia that I'd been rude to the people I'd interacted with. And or it, Can I just say, if you are either of those people or any of the people that are around there, I fe- I, the guilt I felt coming out of that was horrific, right? But you then, mentioned it as soon as I arrived and, yeah. and you did look very guilty. And then the next day, I posted a video about the weather, right? It's just like a stupid little thought I had about people having a go at people complaining that it's too hot, right? Yeah. And, and that video I put up on TikTok and somebody replied, you're very rude in real life. Oh, right. Now, imagine seeing that after you've had the, the, the experience that I had the night before. Wow. Can you imagine what my... Yeah, what yeah. My why were they saying that? Like, well, I actually, I actually, I mentioned it to Lisa. She goes, well, don't worry about it. Like, it's probably somebody that you just walk past and they just, you know, like people people get impressions of you they're not not you know a lot of the time they're not accurate like don't worry about it but i couldn't let it go so mate i replied to the comment and i said i'm sorry you feel like that and then they just told me that apparently i was coming out of some pizza place they asked for a photo and i blanked them or something and like i, I can't remember i mean I i've got to say that in all the time i've known you i've never known you to blank someone for a photo well i obviously did yeah, and then I, I and then I ended up I ended up sending an apology. I mean, it's like well, I, I, you could have taken a photo of yourself and sort of sent it. To that's them. a great idea. It's a great idea. I wish I'd thought of that. Um, wow. Anyway, Tom, do you want to do one more? Do you want to do one more? Let's do one more quick one. Shout out John Kay and thank you for yeah coming to the show. You're, very, you're a sweet, sweet soul, sir. This is this is a fairly quick one. Uh, this is from Colin the Caterpillar. Uh, and Colin imagine says, if he wasn't being anonymous and that was his actual name his name was Colin Caterpillar yeah uh, it's just he got an email from a cake is it <laughs> is it is it Colin the Caterpillar that cake yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I was actually at a birthday party the other day and someone had one of those you were at a children's birthday party weren't you yeah well yeah. yeah but actually adults have them as well they're quite retro now aren't they it's quite yeah there's something yeah. quite cool those, you sort of get them ironically don't you yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I should have taken the stank out of my voice before I said that. I think it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do, and fair play to if you've done that. Can you have them because they're vegan? The sweets? Aren't no, they? no. The sweets are, but the cake isn't, unfortunately. Um, Higher lads. A few months ago, some friends and I went to a comedy night in Brighton. We only knew one of the comedians performing. He was great. The rest of the comedians we hadn't come across before. One of the acts he performed started his set with slight, several slight digs towards his wife and mother of his child. At this point, I've got to be honest, I'm slightly nervous that they're talking about me. Uh, as he went on to make offensive comments towards people with autism, okay, I'm out. Uh, my friends and I decided we had to walk out. It felt too awkward and we weren't in 2023 listening to comedy. I know comedy is totally subjective and yet has also changed over the years, but is it better to sit through comedy you think is offensive and lies on insulting minority groups? Or is it better to leave and make a statement, which is obviously really crap for the performer? would be intrigued to hear both your views. Tom, what do you think? Um... It's difficult, isn't it? Because look, I mean, I think on the on the basis of sort of joking about your partner or your your home life is obviously a big part of stand up because that is your life. That's where you you know, there's always gonna be jokes about it. I think I I do it to you know, you do it with nearly everyone I know is a stand up or across the board does it. Um but when it comes to sort of stuff like stuff like, you know, joking about anything that's sort of offensive or, f- or feels like you're punching down, I- I've never sort of really agreed with. I sort of try as best I can with my material to make sure that I'm always the joke. It's always mm. sort of aimed at me or, or you're punching up. I think that, you know, th- there's times obviously like you-, you say certain things and you think, well, 
was that right? Was that wrong? But I think when you're you're going in on things like autism or any kind of yeah disability, I think is yeah I don't, I don't agree with. It. I think it's wrong. I've I've noticed never really been my bag that I, I I find it you know it's not anything that sort of tiptoes into sort of being racist or homophobic. I think there's no place for it on stage and. I think actually it's, it's a brave move to walk out. I, you know, not trying to defend the act, but if it's someone who's relatively new and like they're an open spot, I think it's really confusing in your first years of trying when you first start as a stand-up, trying to find your voice and trying to find what's funny. And actually, I think there's a moment where, as a stand-up where you find that actually that's kind of got to come from sort of like you know certainly myself and I think you include Robert's self-deprecation, and, and that can be quite difficult at times to sort of. To find a way of doing that, but I think I think some people think actually if they start, say stuff that's shocking, it's almost like some people going off is almost the same as getting a big laugh, and it, is, it isn't. It's not what the job is. It's not why we're there for. Yeah. But I I, I think that I don't. I'm not defending this, but I think there's. I don't think unless you've ever done stand, I don't think there's anything as nerve wracking as standing in front of people trying to get a laugh. And actually, sometimes when people use a defense mechanism of using stuff that's controversial. So if that doesn't get a laugh, it's not about the joke not working, it's about the subject matter. And I think mm. that can become that can become like a cloak that you put across your yourself. So whilst I'm not I, th I think you've done the right thing in walking out and and being, you know, showing the strength, strength of solidarity that, that that stuff isn't isn't cool to do. I I, I do think that sometimes that that that, that is just yeah, a, a defense mechanism that they're using and you hope that Actually, you, in you doing that, you hope that they learn from it and they're like, oh, actually, you know what? Um, I need to do better than this. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a place that I've certainly ever found anything funny. But anyhow, Romesh. Okay, so uh, look, I, I think walking out is a, is a big move. And I think my instinct would be, look, I agree with what Tom said. I don't think jokes about autism are, are great. But I mean, like, it's difficult to comment on it because we're getting your summary rather than what it might have actually been. Um, what I would say is, is um, I, I've had somebody walk out of my show um, because of some uh, jokes I was making about the environment and I wasn't being particularly offensive, but they just felt particularly passionate about it. And it derailed the show for a little bit and I had to get it back. And I think, look, I think that if you're going to mix bill comedy night, not all of the acts will be to your taste. And I know what you're saying is that this person was offensive, but I think my instinct would be just don't ever go and see that person again. Do you know what I mean? And and I think that, look, the honest truth is I don't know how I feel about it. I think like walking out is a big thing, but I think that, that, that you've given a very extreme example here. But if everybody walks out every time they disagree with some, what somebody says or they've got an issue with it, it, it makes things very, very difficult. It also means that, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a huge thing to do. And I think what you'll find is, is if somebody's doing stuff like that, they won't find an audience. And hopefully that feedback will lead to them sort of changing what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Because I imagine what would happen is if they're doing jokes that are, that are as offensive as that, they're not getting a good response from the crowd. And that will force them to, you know, as it does all of us, if you do something that doesn't work, you basically try and change it up to make it better. So look, if you were offended, I'm not saying you did anything by walking out, but I sort of feel like if I was sat there and something like that was happening, I 
would stay there probably this is my what i would do i'd stay there and maybe if it's really bad make a complaint afterwards or just make sure that i never ever see that person again but you know it's i would say that's up to the individual what you, what you do but what i would say is i'm speaking because it happened to me but when it happened to me i just didn't really feel like it was justified like i did i wasn't being offensive but this person had just decided because they really cared about the environment that that, that was the time to walk out and they they got up shouted out they were leaving because they found that what i was saying unacceptable and kind of stopped the show so that they could leave and make a big scene of it um, that doesn't sound like that's what you did. But anyway, uh, I guess what I'm saying is I don't really know how I feel about it. So why I started speaking is beyond me. Uh, right, Tom. Yo. Could you please do us the honours of taking us out? Yo, people, friends. The nights are drawing in and the sun has put it on. And although for some that cold air that starts drifting across your face in the morning is a relief. For others, it can be unnerving, knowing that the sunny days have gone and the more dismal weather is coming. It can be a time on quiet reflection, when worry creeps in. Shorter days lead to longer thoughts. That's what I always think anyway. Here's the truth of it. I think it's an important thing at this time of year to check in. Check in on those you haven't spoken to for a while. Give them a little text. Give them a little call. Make sure that even though the evenings become longer, your friendships become deeper or something like that. I'm actually quite distracted because my little daughter is trying to get into this room uh, and smashing through the door and at any minute she'll get here. And that will be the highlight of my day. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. Um, Thank you, sir. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Remember that you've got till Thursday morning to sign into 9am to sign to the mailing list. Pre-sale for the tickets goes on uh, at 10am on Thursday and then general sales on Friday. And that gig is happening on November the 2nd, Thursday the 2nd of November at Hamas Apollo. Uh, JT, can you play us out with a song I've listened to very recently? It's a a hip-hop classic. This is Run DMC featuring Pete Rock and CL Smooth with Down With The King. Guys, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Down with the king for years, about ten of them. Recruiting suckers, macking, micing, making men of them. Tears and fears for my peers. They risen. You think that it is, it is, if not, it isn't. Race for the border, my daughter could be to banging out. Chiefs rocking beats in the streets and it's time for hanging out. Gather or rather form a circle around our loud. Just because brothers or others could never, ever rock a crowd. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.